Hey guys, my name is Logan Struss, forward for the Vancouver Warriors, and you're listening to the Pro Cross Talk. Tom Schreiber. Snyder with scores! Now it's Brian Pinnell scores! Paul Rabel splits two and scores! Kylie O'Miller showing off those shifty skills. Scramble for it on the floor, Logan Schuss finds it, and he scores! Welcome to Pro Cross Talk, the voice of Pro Cross. I'm Hutton, he's Adam, together we're bringing you interviews with your favorite players and coaches, as well as news from all four professional lacrosse leagues. All right, we're here with Logan Schuss, former Ohio State Buckeye and current lefty forward with the Vancouver Warriors. Logan, welcome to the show. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so we wanted to kind of go back a, a little bit to start the convo to your days in BC and British Columbia and Ladner. Uh, your dad uh, was a kind of a local legend there in BC. And what was it like being exposed to a sport at such a young age and grow, growing up in a household where lacrosse was such a big part of your life? Yeah, honestly, just like you said, uh, as soon as I was born, I was given a stick, and, you know, lacrosse was uh, a big focus in, in our family right from the get-go. So, like you guys said, my dad was a, big, a pretty big legend, uh, still is to this day here in Ladner, and, uh, you know, his jersey's retired up in the rafters in our local arena, where he, uh, I think, played close to 20 years in Senior B, and kind of a couple games up here and there with Senior A teams, but, yeah, he won uh, two President's Cups, which is the Senior B Canadian Championships here in Ladner, and Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a big reason why his uh, his jersey's retired up in the rafters. That's awesome. And then, you know, you, you left Canada, uh, took your talents to Ohio State University, uh, where you had a tremendous career. You finished as a leading sco- goal scorer in Buckeye history with 146 career goals. Uh, what was it like playing at Ohio State for those four years? Yeah, I mean, growing up in such a small town, I was uh, I went on my first official visit when I was younger. It was pretty big eye-opener to, to get down to such a big school. It was kind of a little scary at first and you know when I was on my visit and you know they took me to you know 50 yard line of an Ohio State football game and uh, you guys probably know how big those are so to be put in such a big atmosphere like that and to see all the uh, you know first class facilities and the trainers and the fields and just the, the level of the program it is down there is you know I only took one official visit for colleges and you know oh. the next day I signed for Ohio State so it uh, didn't really take much for me to, to be able to think, you know, this could be my next home for the next four or five years. And, uh, leaving home here in Vancouver, where, you know, my, I only have one high school in my town, and, you know, mm-hmm. a small town. All my friends never went to school, never left home. They all, uh, you know, stuck around here and had kind of full-time trade jobs. As soon as you kind of graduate high school, you get put into, you know, kind of the working-class environment. So going down to big school like that was, was kind of out of the box for me. But, you know, looking back now, I, I wouldn't have done any other way. Like Ohio State's, you know, probably one of the best things that ever happened to me, and you know, I hang my hat on that every day. So, you know, the degree I earned from there, and you know, the friendships I've made, and you know, the impact I had on my career, not only just lacrosse but in my life, it's really, really special. That's great. Um, you uh, finished up uh, your college career, and then got drafted uh, by the Swarm, um, and then we're, we're dealt to Vancouver where you spent uh, the rest of your pro career so far. Um, what's it been like being back in uh, BC and playing professionally? Yeah, and I'll touch base a little bit on my Minnesota career. So sure. I was drafted, uh, you know, first overall to Minnesota. And yep. I was actually, I took a fifth year in college to finish up my student teaching uh, just because I didn't have time during the lacrosse season to do it. So I took a fifth year and Kind of a little victory lap there at school, so I can enjoy mm-hmm. uh, a little bit of time as a regular student at a high school, which is awesome. But definitely didn't take any time off for the cross aspect. You know, I was kind of took a while. I was 
you know, maybe like a volunteer unofficially uh, coach for the team. And I was at every practice, every event with the uh, the team as a fifth year. And, you know, it was really cool to, to be able to you know, stay within the program and, mm-hmm. and help out Coach Myers and the rest of the staff. They, you know, they were like family to me. So it wasn't, uh, you know, Coach Myers would love to have me back there today, even. Right? So uh, it was awesome to be able to stick around there and continue to stay in shape and to work with like, some of the younger guys coming in, some of the freshmen. Mm-hmm. We got Jake Waiters at the time. Um, you know, was a, a freshman when I was a fifth year, so it was great to, you know, kind of get to hang out with him and, and see the rest of the Canadian sure. uh, Ohio State family and kind of take care of those guys for a bit. But, uh, yeah, transitioning into coming back to Vancouver, you know, I took a job where, you know, the flexibility wasn't as, as great as it like to be, so I was able to, you know, talk to the Minnesota Swarm, and they were great with uh, kind of working with me to get me back to Vancouver to play full time, so... Uh, it's been great. You know, we started with the staff, and then now with a couple years downtown Vancouver, it's you know first class organization with the, the Canucks on our team, and it's been special to be able to play in front of my family and friends every sure. every time we play at home, and you know kind of make an impact in the city and with the lacrosse community and continue to make it grow. That's great, and that's what kind of leads into my next question was going to be. You know, the Warriors originally, um, you know, they weren't in downtown Vancouver. Now they are playing at the Rogers Arena. I mean, what has it been like playing in such a revered venue as Rogers Arena? Um, you know, like you mentioned, with the the Canucks organization. Yeah, it's it's been great. You know, I think at first it was a little tough with the transition because we had uh, the Warriors. I mean, well, the Canucks took over ownership kind of late summer, and then you know, the season starts out November, December, so they didn't have much time to you know kind of totally three sixty flip this organization into a different ownership. So. Obviously, there were some bumps in, uh, in the road as, as a first-year team, but, you know, I can't, you know, thank the organization enough uh, with the Canucks coming in. And, you know, it's such a big organization, such a storied franchise that, you know, they do so many great things in the hockey world that it's really starting to trickle into the lacrosse world. And, you know, I know I speak for the whole team where we are pretty privileged to have a, a great ownership and great management who really want to take care of us and really grow the game of lacrosse downtown. And, you know, even, uh, you know, I'm going to Canucks game tonight against uh, some of those players. And every time I even go into the arena, Rogers Arena, it's, it's a special, you know, it's a special event. You know, it's kind of mm-hmm. a big deal. And uh, to be able to watch a, a great sporting event downtown Vancouver and have access to all the, the nightlife and the, just the beautiful area, is, it's really special. That's great. Yeah, it sounds like a lot of fun, too. Yeah, I actually ended up moving, uh, moving downtown with one of my teammates, Mitch Jones. So I live basically on top of the arena, so it's uh, pretty easy to get to in front practice and games. That's, That's awesome. <laughs> um, so, so kind of going back to last season, you guys uh, finished five and thirteen, but you only missed uh, the playoffs by a game um, under uh, Chris Gill in his first season. Um, now that he's had a full off season to prepare, um, what has Coach Gill really done to get the squad ready for this 2020 season? And is there anything else kind of on a personal standpoint you've done to improve your game uh, coming into the year? Coach Gill and the rest of the, the staff have done a great job of kind of filling in the, the depths of our roster. You know, last year we, sure. you know, we, we had a great team. Like everyone bonded, everyone did, uh, you know, what they could do to, to try to get as many wins as they can. You know, we had three more wins from the previous season and a couple more wins at home than, than we did this past season with uh, Donald O'Reilly. So, you know, mm-hmm. there's always steps to improvement. And this year they brought in a bunch of guys to make camp competitive. And basically, you know, 
right from the get-go, but no one was safe from, uh, you know, nobody had a lock on the team. Everyone was open sure. to practice and work hard. And, you know, they, they emphasized that, you know, this is a different this is a different year, you know. We're bringing guys in that are hungry, that are competitive, that are in shape, that want to run and want to, you know, make their stamp on this league. So um, you can see it just with, like, kind of the, the cuts we've made so far and the trades that we've made and the, the pickups that we've had, you know. I think probably from last year's team, we might only have 50 to 60% of the return on the roster. So mm-hmm. it's a bit of a flip, but I think it's for the better. I think there's uh, a lot of guys that came into camp that are hungry to make a splash in this league. So uh, on a personal note, um, you know, I've I've kind of always played a little bit of a, a heavier weight than I've wanted to. And, you know, this year was, uh, you know, I've done a good job in the past years of kind of getting in shape and being in the class shape ready to go for the season. But I really... I really wanted to be in shape this year just to kind of make a splash. And the last year, I don't have my best season. And, you know, getting older with a bunch of these young guys coming in there, hungry, like, you got to keep, uh, you got to keep kind of bumping up each year and getting sure. better and better. And so I took it upon myself and I, uh, I really attacked, you know, my weight and I wanted to be down. Set, set myself a goal and I, I lost about 25, 6 pounds, 25, 26 pounds wow. uh, from the summertime. So uh, you guys might not recognize me out there if I'm, so we're gonna we're gonna see a speedier logan shust this year yeah that was the big emphasis of mine i just kind of getting that weight down Mm -hmm. i've always had the strength so we're gonna just kind of get to the mat and get a powerful shot but i definitely need to work on my speed and i address that so hopefully it uh, it pays off that's great um and kind of going off of that you mentioned how you got a lot of new faces on this team uh, what's been the vibe, you know, during training camp, uh, heading to the season, and what excites you the most about this squad? Yeah, you know, I think some of the guys that I've really been impressed with at camp is, um, you know, Bobby Snyder and uh, brother Jeff Snyder and Space on Stone had some time with uh, Calgary Roughnecks and other teams throughout the league, and he kind of took a, a practice role spot. He's been some injuries last year with the Calgary Roughnecks, but, uh, you know, he came into camp like in unbelievable shape and and hungry to to get back on this league as a, a number one kind of face off guy and player for for our team and you know it showed in camp where I think he went like eighty or ninety percent on the draws and two two scrimmages. So he's he's gonna be exciting for us because that was a big part of our, our game that we needed to to bump up was getting those possessions after goals and after, you know, starts of the next quarters and stuff to get those possessions. So that's been really exciting to see him out there and you know, a couple uh, pump my my local hometown boys tires a little mm-hmm. bit here. John Phillips is a lefty forward that you know has made it through the first kind of round of cuts so far. And looking to crack a roster as well as uh, Sam Clair is a defender, lefty defender, and they're both from my hometown here. And it's it's pretty cool to see guys like that step up and, and try to get to the next level. You know, I, I grew up coaching Johnny. He's about four or five years younger than me. That's and, awesome. uh, I, I played with played with Sam uh, growing up, and it's funny he's probably three houses down from uh, where my parents were back in Latin. So as uh, as kids, you know, we used to grow up and we'd play uh, ball hockey together and, and other just different things down the street. And so it's pretty cool to be battling uh, with those guys at camp. Wow, yeah, it's, it sounds like you, you got a good hometown crew uh, going in this season. Um, well, that wraps up our main questions. We're going to take a quick break, hear a word from our sponsor, and then we'll dive into our 5-5 five and five segment. Before history is written, 
It's played. Before it's frozen in time. It's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver. It's carved in ice. What happens next? Will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Today's show is being brought to you in part by Stitcher Premium. You can use Stitcher Premium to listen to shows ad-free such as Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend, My Favorite Murder, Wolverine the Lost Trail, or our favorite, The Fantasy Footballers. For only $4.99 a month or $34.99 a year, you get access to Stitcher Originals, bonus episodes, and comedy albums. Better yet, if you go over to stitcher.com slash premium and use the promo code lacrosse today, you can get one month free. So head on over to Stitcher, sign up, and get your free trial today. All right, welcome back. Uh, so let's dive into our 5-5. Five and five. Adam, why don't you take it away? Yeah, absolutely. So these are the lacrosse-related questions. So number one, um, any pregame superstitions or routines? You know, I don't really uh, have too many. Like, <laughs> I like to, you know, have a take a shower for each game, kind of with arena that was the one to get in there and, and uh, you know, hop in for a clean shower. And then after that, not, not really much. Like, I like to keep it loose in the locker room, so... Anytime that I can get onto the uh, the DJ booth there, I can you know, keep it light with the boys and, and mm-hmm. dance around and joke around with the guys. I'm uh, it's kind of not bit me in the past, but kind of people question how I get ready for games. But I like to keep it really light. And I'm the type of guy that can you know be joking two seconds before the game, and then once the game hits, you know I'm all serious. So uh, yeah, just nice keep it nice and light before the game, and then once it's game time, clock in. Nice. Um, so kind of going back to your younger days, any, uh, this, this may be, uh, an easy answer. And we talked about your dad a little bit already, but who was your favorite lacrosse player, uh, growing up in BC? Uh, you know what? My favorite lacrosse player, uh, in BC, I don't think I, you know, I really kind of grew up idolizing my brother and stuff when uh, okay. he's two years, he's two years older, but my favorite lacrosse player of all time is John Grant Jr. Uh, it's funny because, you know, I, Grew up having posters of him on my walls, and yep. you know, I'd watch YouTube clips of him like pretty much religiously uh, every day, trying to copy what he did on, on during his games and stuff. Yeah. And then coming into the the pro ranks, my first couple seasons, I was uh, you know playing against him, and it's funny because there's there's been some times where like you know after games I was able to kind of go out for a beer with him and, mm-hmm. and hang out and kind of talk to him and, and get to be uh, good friends now. So. I consider him one of my uh, good friends off the floor, and we talk all the time and we joke online. So it's pretty cool how it kind of it goes 360. From, yeah, absolutely. Kind of grew up idolizing and uh, trying to be like, you know, he's such a down-to-earth guy, so cool. And when you get to kind of play against him, I remember it's a cool story. Mm-hmm. We were playing for the first time against each other. He was playing for the Denver Outlaws, and I was on Ohio Machine. and. Mm-hmm. It was just a sh- it was just a shootout, like basically going back and forth. Like I think the final score was like twenty five, twenty four, and it was uh he'd go score a goal, then I'd score a goal, he'd score, I'd score. <laughs> you know, we were just kind of jogging off the floor and stuff. He's like, it's kind of he's like, kid, quit scoring. I gotta can't keep up with you. But like, just something like that, something cool. And I was like, damn, like John, John Andrew just talking to me. So it's uh it was pretty cool in that game. That's awesome. Did, has he shared with you the secret to playing at a high level at his age yet? <laughs> I don't. I honestly don't know how he does it. I still think he's one of the best in the game, and Absolutely. you know, he's he's the goat for a reason. I think he's honestly one of the best to ever do it. And uh, yeah, I guess I don't know what uh, 
with his wife's feeding them. I don't know what's going on in Denver, but <laughs> he's definitely uh, just a machine. It's, it's funny you say that because I literally uh, I met him when I was I'm, – I'm from Philly, and I, I, I met him in middle school and got – uh, met him and idolized him too and got his poster signed and uh, a, a guy came up to me he's like oh it's good you got it because he's probably not going to play for too much longer and here we are for like <laughs> like a long time down the road and he's still he's still yeah. taking his hand so um, so you, you talked about kind of the competitive banner and, and joking around with him you're known as one of the funnier guys in, in the league uh, but which one of your warrior teammates do you find the funniest you know we have a you know, Mitch Mitch Jones, my roommate, he's he's yep. pretty good with coming up with some stuff and uh you can always count on him to chime in uh in the group chat online and stuff. But you know, I have a great time messing around with guys like Justin Salt and uh Brandon Goodwin. It's funny that Justin Salt, my first year in the league, mm-hmm. um when I was in Minnesota and we were playing uh we were playing Vancouver and you know, our first game after my first game ever playing pro lacrosse back home in Vancouver was against him and I ended up fighting him yeah. my first ever uh, career <laughs> fight and I ended up uh, you know getting the decision on him like I I don't know if if I fought anyone else I had any clue what they were doing that I would have got my ass kicked but thankfully I, uh, I drew I drew Justin Salt and he was just as clueless as I was so we uh, we duked it out in the corner and I, I kind of got the best out of him but I still kind of hold it over his head today, and I say, yeah. Anytime that he's kind of chirped me and stuff, I tell him to meet me in my corner, and we can, uh, we can talk it out. But, no, he's he's actually turned into one of my best friends on the team and, uh, you know, one of my most favorite teammates. So it's pretty funny how that happens. Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. Um, so kind of moving more uh, to your stick setup, what, what what does that look like for you, whether it's half, head, shaft, head, string, and that kind of stuff? Yeah, so I use all Warrior stuff. I use the yep. Warrior Evil 5. Um, doesn't really matter which shaft I use. I, I don't really like to use the lightest shaft, so I kind of yeah. pick. I honestly, like, I'm the worst with, with knowing exactly what stuff I use. Like, I'm pretty good with grabbing any shaft and, yes. and throwing it on there. And if it's uh, if it's got a little bit of a tape on the end of it and it's plugged into my stick, I can use it. Right? I'm not too picky, but there's uh, a ton of great Warrior shafts that I use. And, um I've been using some uh, just like standard mediums kind of soft mesh with uh, just two shooters across the top and then one nylon. I've kind of changed it up. I I use a like pretty medium to high pocket with not that big of a pocket anymore. Like I've I've changed my ways from college with, you know, going from using a ton of whip in my stick to uh, just trying to get it out quick now. Like I've got a decently hard shot, but nowadays like it's, it's all about kind of getting a shot off quick and, and picking a spot rather than shooting at a hundred miles an hour in a game. Like that's yeah. what's kind of like a field across is just whip it at the cage and it might go in like box across is so dialed in. You got to kind of pick your spots and sure. gotta be able to get the shots off fast when you're just playing in that small, small window. Like there's only so much time you can shoot and score. And I've kind of dialed my stick in a little bit more this year. So seems to be working at camp and coaches are, uh, coaches are happy with what I've been doing so far. So I'm, I'm happy with it. There we go. That's awesome. Um, and then you kind of probably answered this question already, but, you know, you played in a lot of awesome places in college. Uh, you play in an awesome facility now in Rogers Arena. Um, but what's been your favorite venue to play, play in thus far through your career? You know what, I'll, I'll, I'll have a couple, but I'll start with yeah. uh, down at Ohio State. You know, we, 
before nowadays I think they play at Ohio Stadium year round, but um we used to have this special special game every year and it was before the Ohio State football spring game. Okay. So obviously Ohio State football is so big and and they do I think it was five bucks for anyone to come in to, to watch the spring football game. But so the spring football game would start at I think one o'clock or noon and the lacrosse game would start at ten. So it was first come, first serve for, for seats for the football game. So, you know, I think any any given spring game, you know, at at our halftime there'd probably be about sixty to seventy, eighty thousand fans in inside Ohio Stadium. Awesome. Uh and a lot of times they'd kinda of link it up to it'd be us versus Michigan for lacrosse. So I mean Ohio oh, State fan of any nature sees a Michigan jersey on the field, you know, they're booing and <laughs> They're kind of giving it to them. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of strategic placing there. It was great. But that's probably my favorite time to play in college was uh, at a venue like that. And, you know, we got to use the Ohio State football locker room, and they gave us, uh, you know, it was so busy around the stadium. So we got from our locker room uh, about 10 minutes away, they'd uh, they'd have like a police escort, and they'd roll up, and, you know, you kind of felt like a big deal going into uh, a stadium like that. So, that was probably for uh, probably one of the bigger uh, experiences for my playing days at Ohio State. But for for the NLL, like I mean, anytime you like I said, you get to you know enter down through one of the the with the buses down into the the depths of the stadium, like yeah. you know the first Niagara Center in Buffalo or Toronto Air Canada Center, Rogers Arena, the Pepsi Center in Denver, like it's it's pretty cool. And so when you get to play a big arena like that. And, like a sellout crowd in Denver or Calgary or Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's pretty special. And I think, uh, you know, some of my favorite games have been in Denver. You know, they always have a great crowd there, and especially when we play against Calgary. You know, Vancouver Canucks and Calgary Flames always have such a big mm-hmm. rivalry that uh, it's kind of carried over the lacrosse world too. So a couple of those stadiums have been really great to play on pro-wise. That's awesome. You definitely had, a, you know, a, a big mix of, you know, indoor and, and outdoor um experiences so that's that's pretty cool um but that wraps up our lacrosse questions uh now i'll ask you some off the field questions and the first one i'll ask is who is your favorite non-lacrosse athlete to watch i'm gonna guess it's probably a hockey player but i don't want to speak for you yeah you know you, you guessed it uh i i really love watching alex uh, ovechkin play i think he he's just like a beast on the on the floor and on the ice whatever you call it so he uh he's a type of power forward like I always kind of pride myself on being able to get loose balls and, and to have uh to get big hits if I need to, or kind of, you know, rough it up a bit. So you ever see him play, like he's not scared to, you know, a drop the nets or b you know, lay a hit or just have that big heavy outside shot. And, uh, and he's still doing that at his age. Like he's uh pretty impressive to watch. And I definitely think he's one of my favorite athletes, uh, non lacrosse related athletes. Perfect answer. Um, I'm a Caps fan. So, uh, I love that answer. I love watching Ovi. I'm fortunate. I I was living in the D.C. area for a while, so I got to go to a lot of games. Now I'm up in North Jersey, so I don't get to go as much. But still, when I'm back home, love checking out a Caps game and hoping they can make it two out of three uh, years. Hopefully this season, they're they're looking pretty good so far. So hopefully they keep it going. Yeah, hopefully they don't come up against my Canucks. Otherwise, they should. Be Canucks are looking good too. Canucks are looking yeah, good too. It looks like Quinn Hughes is going to be back. So yeah, game. They, they look good. I know they've had a few. Uh, they had a rough season last year without the Sedin twins, um, and they're looking like they're getting back to form. So you know, it'll be it'll be a fun year for the NHL. 
you beat my flyers in that shootout a little bit ago, so I'm kind of I'm still still bitter about that. So a little bit, yeah. Uh, no, it's been, <laughs> it's been like it's been so great. Like just you know we've uh, been able to interact with some of those guys quite a bit, yeah. and uh, you know trying to get to know them a bit off the floor, and um, to be able to see what they're doing on the on the ice now is is special, and so it's, it's a great young group, and you know I think they're hungry to kind of create a winning uh, winning team here in Vancouver, and hopefully we can follow suit. Yeah, that's great. Um, well, going off of that, number two, what are some hobbies or activities that you enjoy doing when you're not on the lacrosse field? Yeah, I love anything to do with the outdoors, right? So Vancouver here is beautiful year-round. Uh, you can't really beat a summertime in Vancouver. you got the beaches here. you got tons of lakes, the ocean's right here, uh, mountains to do hiking. So um, some of my favorite things, we go boating a lot. Uh, a couple of my friends have a lot, some wakeboarding boats that we go out. Nice. And then uh, I have a ton of buddies with fishing boats. So in the summertime, you know, one day I could be wake surfing and, and, you know, chilling on the boat with some friends. And then the next morning you get up and you're going out to the ocean for some uh, big salmon fishing. So kind of do anything you want on the ocean here in Vancouver. And then uh, other than that, like anything to do kind of active wise, you know, we go camping a ton with uh, all my buddies and, a couple of my friends got some cabins up in the north, uh, northern parts of Vancouver and BC. So uh, it's great to go up there in the cabin, kind of cottage life, and just hang out by the fire and you know, have a couple of beverages and, and just enjoy the times with some friends and the weather. And uh, even in the wintertime here, it's it's awesome to kind of be able to get up to the mountains. And you know, I haven't skied or snowboarded in a while just because a I'm not good at it, and b it's uh, <laughs> I don't want to get injured or anything for That's my a season, bad combo. So. Yeah, I can. Uh, I appreciate the sport a lot. It's tough doing any of those, uh, you know, kind of skiing or snowboarding and stuff. So I, I'm the guy that's in the lodge, hanging out, having a glass of tra- hot chocolate. But um, any anything to do with the mountains and stuff in the in the wintertime here in BC is beautiful. Awesome. Uh, well, let's go with a little throwback here uh, for our third question. What was one of your favorite classes to take when you were at Ohio State? Yeah, so I it was. I took a ton of. Uh, pretty like different classes just because I was a phys ed major. So I got a, my, my degree in teaching. Mm-hmm. And so I once it was about my second or both third year, my, my junior year is really where you get into like these cohorts where it's the same, like 30 students and you're taking all these classes together. So I took a ton of great classes where I got to, you know, get into a lot of the Columbus uh, schools and, and kind of, teach different sports and activities and and to meet a lot of cool cool students and kids throughout the uh columbus region there i i remember taking a a few classes where we got to uh kind of shadow a student and you know there say i had little johnny and johnny was like my student for the the year but you know we would try to work with them and develop different kind of skills and uh you know push them to be better uh athletes within the the class and then also kind of the outside the classroom and to the uh, school curriculum and stuff. So it was just a great uh, a great way to kind of communicate. And it was pretty cool to, to get into some of those schools. And then we did a lot of stuff in the Columbus City Schools and to try to see the difference between, uh, you know, a city school in Columbus, Ohio, compared to something back in Vancouver was, was pretty special. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I still – I don't teach now. I'm, I have a different career, but – you know, I still love to, to coach and give back to the community any way I can here in Vancouver. So I still use a lot of those skills that I learned uh, within my degree there to, to bring back to here to Vancouver. 
That's awesome. It sounds like it was very rewarding class too. So yeah. Yeah, and it was it was fun because there was five of my uh, my teammates on the the lacrosse team. Uh, we were all in the same degree together as well, so mm-hmm. it was fun to kind of you know we would take certain classes like we'd have to try to teach uh, you know pickleball or these other kind of court games, but but it would be like me having to teach my own teammates like these games, and you know they'd obviously act like jerks and it was time for me to coach them and teach them and mm-hmm. give me a hard time but it's uh it definitely prepared me for the the real world <laughs> yeah no it's fun um well number four is uh what is your favorite meal and do you prefer to dine out take out or cook at home you can't go wrong with uh any sushi spot here in Vancouver. It's, here we go it's probably something i i eat like too much honestly <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous what i would tell you if i shared my uh my bank statements for how many times I went out to eat for sushi. It's, it's pretty ridiculous, but at this point, I think I can around sushi chef. Um, but, yeah, sushi in D.C. is no joke. It's, it's the real deal, and anytime I can, uh, you know, text a buddy and say, hey, I want to grab some sushi, they're uh, more than willing to go with me. So that, uh, for takeout, that's about what I always crush is some sushi, but a uh, ton of great restaurants in Vancouver, and, you know, I'm still trying to kind of explore them all, so... Uh, you don't need to twist my arm to, to go out for a nice meal and to hang out with some friends. But if I'm cooking at home, I, I kind of, I love to cook. Like, it's it's funny. Like, if, if I'm just sitting around watching TV, it's it's the Food Network. And it shows, like, Chopped and uh, Beat Bobby Flay and, and kind of all these fun uh, cooking network shows. So okay. uh, I might need to kind of get after Matt Rambo a little bit and see who's a better chef of uh, <laughs> being alone. Yeah. No, yeah, you should. Or um, I don't know if you know... Uh, Jerry Raganese too has his own like cooking oh, show now. Yeah. No survivors. Yeah, Maybe get your get your way into that. that. That would be good. I feel like you guys would play off each other pretty well on that show. It's it's funny because me and Jerry like we're at each other on Snapchat, Instagram, Facebook, like texting. Like we've never met each other in person. That's funny. <laughs> but That's crazy. Me and him, like me and him, I probably communicate with him more on like social media than any other person, and I'm not another guy. But it's just hilarious because uh, he's such a character, and you know I watch his you know Instagram videos and his his YouTube, uh, No Survivors TV, religiously, and uh, he seems like a really cool dude. So I'd, I'd love to kind of get out there and, and kind of get onto a cooking show with him. And yeah, a great lacrosse cook-off. Yeah, yeah, that would be awesome. And we'll have to we'll have to push for it. Amazing food. So yeah, we'll have, we'll have to push for it after this uh, episode drops. We'll. We'll, uh, we'll just give him a shout out saying we have your his next guest for No Survivors TV, so that'll be good. Heck yeah. Um, and now my final question is, uh, what's a book on your bookshelf that you've read or are reading right now that you'd recommend to a teammate or a friend or you know even like a colleague at work? Yeah, a book on my bookshelf. You know, I'm actually just kind of into the podcast game right now. Like, okay. I I don't like I should read more and I don't read as much as I should, but. Uh, I've read a couple of books in my past. Like, I just kind of like biographies, like Jerry Seinfeld biographies, pretty cool. Right. Um, kind of just like books. I know Mitch is reading a book on it's Michael Jordan. Uh, so I, I've kind of flipped through a few pages there, and it seems quite mm-hmm. interesting. But a uh, ton of podcasts. Like I like to listen to podcasts rather than music right now. But you know, I've been listening to you guys for a while, so then that's uh, one of the podcasts on rotation. And, Obviously, spitting chicklets and Joe Rogan experience is great. So there's a ton of great ones out there, and it's just nice to kind of 
um, just rather like listen to the same songs over and over again. Just yep. uh, uh, you know, my drive to work's about thirty forty minutes, so I just plug in a podcast and just kind of cruise and and mm-hmm. listen along. And I've heard some great things about some like ebooks and stuff. So I've been thinking about getting into that. You know, with the season coming up and traveling, it's uh, spent a lot of time in the airports and, and on the planes and stuff. So sure. If you guys got any uh, recommendations on books, what's on your guys' shelves? Yeah, well, uh, um, I actually I like that you mentioned podcasts. We'll probably have we should change this question to include podcasts because you know sometimes we get that answer, and I'm kind of the same way. Like I I can't remember when I read a book cover to cover that was like in my hand. It's usually listening to audiobooks or whatever. Um, I don't know anything by Tim Ferriss. I would recommend. You know, he does a good job of breaking things down. He's very practical. I'm more of a practical reader. Um, I don't know. Adam reads a lot more than me too, though. He's got some recommendations, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I read a lot, but to be honest with you, I do a lot of the audio books too. There's this app called Libby LBB, uh, LBBY Mm -hmm. that literally you can connect to your library card and get all the, uh, eBooks for free pretty much or the audio book. So that's, that's my go-to, but the podcast game, I've, before I got my new job, Logan, I had a, uh, like an hour commute. So I was doing the same thing, bunch of podcasts, bunch of books. So, yeah. And, and spit, spit and chicklets is a good one. I, I like listening to that hockey. Um, I actually, so I, I do video editing at the MLB network and NHL network. Um, so I've actually sat in meetings with Ryan Whitney and he's just hysterical. Um, and you know, I like listening to his podcast as well. Um, in my spare time. So I don't know. I feel like we're on the same wavelength in terms of podcasts. Yeah, that that's my recommendation. Um, really, is anything by Tim Ferriss. He has a podcast as well. Um, it's more long form, like long, usually longer than an hour, even. Um, but if you have a long commute, that's you know that's just one episode, so it's not bad. If you like listening to, so I was a uh, I'm a I was a goalie. So if you're sticking to like the hockey side, Six Degrees with Mike McKenna is an awesome one. He just retired and started up a podcast, so he he's he he's a good one to go to. He has a lot of different people on. Nice, yeah, and it's funny because like I never once in my life played hockey. So it's, it's weird because I'm from Vancouver, Canada, and, but you know I think I've been skating maybe ten times my whole life. But uh, I'm a force on the the ball hockey circuit. So there we go. If there's any ball hockey uh, podcast, I maybe I could be a guest on one of those. But yeah, absolutely. I think the spin checklist is just hilarious, and you know I think it's just definitely. Just makes me think of the good times of playing in college and pro and, and listening to the stories. And I think it's pretty cool. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, well, we usually like to wrap up uh, with one final question, uh, one final question, Logan, and it's uh, what is some advice that you have for a young player looking to one day play lacrosse professionally like yourself? Yeah, honestly, I think you got to keep it fun. Um, just seeing like all these travel teams and clubs and you know tournaments and everything that these kids are going to, like it's it could be stressful. Like, I remember even just going to tournaments and tryouts and camps myself as, like, I went to U19 Team Canada and Men Team Canada, and, like, it was stressful. Like, I was, like, kind of nervous and getting there, and, like, mm-hmm. and it was, like, almost at the point where, like, it was almost not fun just because you're, like, overthinking it and, and not playing your game. So I think when all of it comes down to it, like, just have as much fun as you can with it and, and to play and be competitive and, um you know, never if at any point it becomes a chore for you to go to practice or go to the game and stuff. And maybe you got to take a break or maybe you got to join a different sport for one year and then try to find that love for the game again. So I see it on both ends. Like I'm still in love with lacrosse. Like I literally play it every day. Uh, anytime I can go coach and talk about it or, you know, even just be around it. I am like, I, 
can't tell you how many games I go to watch as like, oh, you want to go watch a junior B game on a okay. Monday night? And I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, like let's go. Like just okay. being around the arena, like I still love it. And I'm, I've been playing for 25, 24 years now. So uh, just make sure you still love with it and, and make sure you make it fun. And, you know, you can find yourself uh, playing as long as you can. That's awesome. That's some great advice uh, for our young listeners. And, you know, I think, uh, I think that's an important part. You know, if you lose that passion for it, it's, you know, that what's the use in playing? You got to, you got to still enjoy the game and you got to still love it. So uh, I think that's some great advice. Well, let's remind people where they can find you on social media, Logan. Um, and that way they can connect with you. Yeah. On Twitter, it's uh, lshuss18. Um, my Instagram is loganshuss18. And uh, yeah, this I'm pretty interactive, so if any fans reach out or if any uh, young lacrosse fans reach out and want to chat or, you know, get some advice, I'm always you know, on my phone. It's a bad habit of mine, but you can always, uh, you can always reach me on those uh, outlets. And, you know, if you're in the Vancouver region, uh, you boys always stop by and we can get your dad game and have some fun. Yeah, no, we, we'd love to. We'll have to do a road trip or a, a fly out there for once. Um, I haven't been to the only part of Canada I've been is Montreal and Toronto, so I'd love to get to the Western Canada side and and visit BC and Vancouver at one point. So we'll have to do that at some point. Yeah, and and we'll um, yeah, and we'll be at the uh, the game on January 10th in Philly uh, when you, when you guys play the Wings. Yeah. So we'll have to we'll have to catch up that before or after the game or to just to say hi. So I just wanted to let you know too about that. So yeah. for sure, yeah, anytime, guys. Awesome. Well, thanks, Logan, so much for joining us. Um, we really appreciate it, and best of luck this season with the Warriors. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. So that was just our interview with Logan Schuss, forward with the Vancouver Warriors. Uh, we really enjoyed having him on. If you enjoyed this interview uh, with Logan, please let us know. Leave us a review on Apple, Stitcher, or anywhere that you listen to podcasts. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. love to get your feedback. Uh, if you have any ideas for future guests, let us know. We have some upcoming interviews with the likes of Dana Dobie from the WPLL and then, uh, Connor Kelly from the PLL and NLL, um, and as well as some other guests that we will keep under wraps for now. But we really appreciate you guys listening, and we hope you tune in next time to Pro Lacrosse Talk. Mm-hmm.